following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Years ago, after uh, a police killing of an unarmed black man, I attended a vigil at Baber AME Church. I think the victim on that occasion was Philando Castile, but unfortunately I have been to too many such vigils to be certain. What I do remember is that Pastor Simmons led this service with such dignity and power. And as he looked around the room and saw members of the clergy in attendance, he called them up one by one by name. And so I found myself quite unexpectedly in the pulpit of that church, somehow called on to offer words of prayer for a situation that I only barely began to understand. I don't remember everything that I said in that prayer. I think I probably acknowledged the hurt and pain and anger that we were all feeling um, to various degrees. But I do know that I concluded that prayer by asking God to give us the grace to follow the model of Jesus Christ, who, when he was confronted by the worst violence and injustice imaginable, did not retaliate with violence of his own, but instead offered forgiveness to his executioners. Many of you have heard me say those words in some form or another before. I still believe that this is one of the most beautiful and powerful moments in the entire Bible, and I still believe in nonviolence with all my heart. I believe that all forgiving love is what saves the world. But knowing what I know now, I would not have prayed that same prayer in that same way if I had a chance to do it again. On Thursday, after we all learned of the police killing of Daniel Prude, right here in our beloved city back in March, I attended a vigil in the parking lot of a different downtown church. This vigil was interrupted before it even began by a group of protesters who were giving voice to the deep anger felt in our community. Um, the protesters, understandably, did not like that the chief of police and certain elected officials were present at the vigil. And so they rather loudly called on these individuals to resign, and then they told the crowd that they were going to march to the scene of the incident and that we should follow them if we truly believed Black Lives Matter. So as the protesters were leaving, one of the leaders of the scheduled vigil began to pray. Dear Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And in order to lift this prayer over the shouting of the protesters who were leaving, this leader repeated and emphasized that last phrase. In the name of Jesus. One of the protesters who was leaving shouted back toward the crowd, Jesus would be walking with us. And I think he was right. The accusers of the victims of police violence will be quick to remind you that none of them were perfect angels. The tendency to blame the victim is very strong and black men make particularly easy targets in this regard 
because of the racism that permeates our society. So they will tell you that Eric Garner had been selling loose cigarettes. They will tell you that George Floyd had committed a federal crime by passing a counterfeit $20 bill. They will tell you that Freddie Gray had a criminal record and that Daniel Prude was high on PCP. As if any of these failings or crimes are enough to warrant summary execution in the street. These men weren't angels, they will tell you. These victims were no saints. They weren't exactly Jesus in the flesh. This seems like a good time to remind you that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, a member of an oppressed minority group in the wealthiest nation then known to earth, was unjustly put to death, stark naked and exposed, by agents of the government, through a process that was completely in accord with the laws of the land. So no, Daniel Prude was not Jesus. Michael Brown was not Jesus. George Floyd was not Jesus. Philando Castile was not Jesus. Trayvon Martin was not Jesus. Sandra Bland was not Jesus. Emmett Till was not Jesus. But Jesus was George Floyd. Jesus was Emmett Till. Jesus was Sandra Bland. Jesus was Daniel Prude. His broken body is present in their broken bodies. His poured out blood on the cross mingles with their blood in the street. His tears flow into theirs, tributaries of sorrow. And we in the church need to do better by our Savior. Because Jesus is not just the man of sorrows. It is true that his death on the cross unites him with all the sufferings of humankind and that his all-forgiving love is the ultimate embodiment of God for us. But Jesus was no meek, compliant citizen. When he saw injustice in the temple, specifically the collusion and profiteering engineered by the Roman Empire and the religious establishment to take advantage of the poor, his anger burned and he flipped over tables and he drove out livestock, literally upending the commerce that had been set up in that holy place. Why do you think the religious leaders wanted him dead? It wasn't because he had a different interpretation of the law. That was very common among rabbis, and it still is. No, they wanted Jesus dead because he exposed their grift, and he refused to let them continue to oppress people in the name of God and government. And we in the church need to do better by our Savior. When we drown out the voices of protest with our planned prayers, when we censor the language of profound grief at centuries of oppression, I worry that we also censor the righteous anger of Jesus flipping tables in the temple. Because we do not get to the moment where the man of sorrows forgives his executioners unless we allow him his uncivil demonstration in the temple which is what sent him to the cross in the first place. So let me return to the pulpit at Baber AME Church so many vigils ago 
and to the prayer that I prayed there. I do stand by the idea of forgiving our enemies, but it was not the time or place, and mine was not the voice. The last thing that sanctuary of black people needed to hear was a white minister rushing them to forgiveness without processing their anger. And if I had another opportunity to pray that prayer in that pulpit, I would pray something else instead. And so I'd like to pray that prayer today, for then and for now, for them and for us, because every moment is that moment. And we were always and always will be one in the Spirit. Join me in this prayer. God of the oppressed, of the Hebrew slaves in Egypt, of the exiles in Babylonia, of the Jews in Rome, of the indigenous peoples of the American continent, of the Africans chained in slave ships, of the black and brown citizens locked in jail cells, of the men crying for mercy through chokeholds on the streets of America. Have mercy on our souls. God of justice, may we empathize with the psalmist who wished that you would break the teeth of the oppressors. Acknowledging and inhabiting the anger of the oppressed, even as we recognize Christ's call to nonviolence. May we join Jesus not only in resurrection, but in crucifixion. Not only at the cross, but in the temple. Not only in his teaching, but also in his demonstration and protest. Give us the fullness of Christ and give us the full work of Jesus. Drive out the money changers, the power seekers, the placators, the corrupt ministers, the stockholders profiting from imprisonment, the council members on the take, the mayors who know and do not act, the chiefs and union heads who sanction violence, the comfortable white people who see and look away, and the churches who value justice but do not want to pay its cost. Drive them out, not only of their places of power in society, but of their places of power in our hearts. For we confess that we are all of this and more. O Son of God, forgive us as we forgive, but give us the courage to flip over some tables on the way. Amen. I want to offer you Holy Communion now. So hopefully you have arranged to have some bread and juice or wine nearby. If not, you can take whatever is closest. I think perhaps it's especially important, important and poignant for us to acknowledge Christ's broken body and shed blood today. And so take your bread and remember that Christ willingly offered his body out of love for all humankind. And as you break it and eat it, remember God's love.
in Christ's brokenness. And as you take the cup, remember the bloodshed of Christ, this symbol of the completeness of his humanity and of his identification with all who suffer and bleed. This blood is the cup of the new covenant. And so drink it in remembrance and receive the grace of God and offer in Christ's blood. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.